At Nissan, our lineup is taking the galaxy by storm. And right now, you can save big during Nissan's Go Rogue year-end event. Shop your local Nissan store and choose Nissan.com today for great offers. And see Rogue One only in theaters. Take on any galaxy. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Curvy and Confident, 101 stories about loving yourself and your body. Good morning, Amy. Merry Christmas to you and hope that you and your family have had an awesome holiday weekend. Oh, we did. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you. Thank you. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me this morning. I am excited to be involved in the launching of Curvy and Confident. Although the book is perfect for everyone for the new year, I believe the stories are truly evergreen and will serve as a great motivational and inspirational book for both men and women. Congratulations. Oh, well, thanks. I think it's such an important topic, and I think our timing is perfect, Uh, not because it's New Year, New You, but just Mm -hmm. because um, this is something that has really become a big focus of conversation. It's, It's interesting. We decided to do this book, I guess, Late 2015, uh, my friend Natasha Stoinov, who I've worked with before, she's one of the co-authors of the book, she said, you have to meet my really good friend, Emmy. And so Emmy is, I guess, the first famous supermodel who is plus size. And she, mm-hmm. she, I guess, broke onto the scene in the 1990s. And so I met Emmy and... We said, we've got to do this book. And then right after I met Emmy and we decided to do this book together, which is really a book that says that women are beautiful at all sizes and that we have to stop this fixation on looking like models and we have to embrace the bodies that we were born with. Right after we decided to do the book, a whole number of things happened. Um, and I think it was all back in January and February of 2016. So Mattel Mm-hmm. came out with Curvy Barbie, which was so significant because, you know, everybody's been saying for years that Barbie is completely <laughs> impossible and sends the wrong message to girls. And then the Sports Illustrated right. swimsuit issue, not that I'm a big fan of it or anything, but they did something that was so productive this time. They had three different cover models. One was your traditional six-foot-tall, you know, skinny, skinny, gorgeous girl. And then... The other two, one was Ronda Rousey, who is um, an American Olympian. She's a martial arts fighter, and mm-hmm. she was a medalist, and she is incredibly fit but doesn't look like a model. Her body, it's an athletic body. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they also used um, a plus-size supermodel, Ashley Graham, and then they had three different covers. So you would receive one of the three covers, and then the other two ladies were inside and it was the first time Sports Illustrated did that, and it was really a big deal. It started a whole conversation about the definition of a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then things kept happening. Like Lane Bryant started running these ads on the sides of buses where they showed plus-size women wearing bathing suits and clingy clothing and just being sexy within the body type that they were issued at birth. And Mm -hmm. it just continued. And then it kind of like got derailed in the fall during the presidential campaign when, um, when uh, Donald Trump started disparaging women for their appearance. Mm -hmm. But that also increased the the national conversation about like, you're not supposed to say that dude, you know, it was like that. And so it still got, it still had people talking about, what is the right way to look at women and what is the wrong way to look at women. So I think our book is just perfectly timed as part of this very healthy, long overdue conversation. No doubt about it. I love the stories. They are all wonderful. They cover so many different ranges. And the good news is that you have some male contributors to the book. 
We do because we, well, there's two reasons we're happy to have men. One is Mm -hmm. that men become insecure about body image just like women, and many men Mm -hmm. are born with bodies that are not going to look like Abercrombie and Fitch models. And then, of course, there are men in the book talking about what they look for in a woman and saying, we love our women who have curves. Mm-hmm. And we just want our women to be smiling and confident and to dress beautifully for the bodies that they have. And so we were happy to have those stories as well because I don't know if women really dress for men. I think women really dress for other women. <laughs> but it's still nice to know that our men are happy to have those curves there. Yeah, yeah. What is the number one factor in making women feel so insecure? I think it's media. I mean, mm-hmm. if if media and actors, et cetera, if everybody were at a more conventional weight, then most of us would feel fine about our weight. Right. But, I mean, right. I look at some people on television, I they look anorexic to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I look at these women who are so skinny and i think you you must not eat anything all day i mean you you can't possibly eat more than a celery stick how weak mm-hmm. are you what kind of damage are you doing to your bones like yeah. are you going to be all bent over with osteoporosis when you're older because you just didn't nourish your body i mean these women yeah. look like they're starving they look like victims mhm mhm that's true though but at the same time i think some of it is self-inflicted anxiety, don't you think? But I don't, I mean, I think if you look at art in the past, women were mm-hmm. healthier looking. I mean, women are supposed to have body fat. A healthy mm-hmm. woman has body fat. And mm-hmm. women were supposed to have fat because when they had children, they used that fat to make milk to feed their mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I don't know. I One time I was on a vacation and there were models having their pictures taken in bathing suits at mm-hmm. this beach resort where I was. Mm-hmm. And the models, I saw, they, I think we were on the same flight going down. So I saw them a lot outside of the photo shoot. And they were so skinny and they had no bodies. Like there was nothing feminine on, on their bodies. They were just flat as a board and incredibly thin and really looked like boys. And then I saw them in the magazine, and they looked amazing in the magazine. Um, (laughs) I don't know how they did that, but they looked so good. But I saw Mm -hmm. them in real life, and Mm -hmm. in real life, they were ridiculously thin. And Mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem healthy. And I think if media portrayed women with a normal – a slender woman in real life is Mm -hmm. probably still, you know, 10 to 20 pounds – too fat for mm. you know television or modeling or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. It, I think if if we saw women who are more normal looking, it would reset everyone's expectations. But right. it's not like all the women out there are going to make a pact with each other. Like we all wear these stupid <laughs> heels that are bad for our feet. I mean, I want a pact. I want a pact. Like we're we're going to show normal looking women you know on tv yeah. and, and ads and everything and we're and we're all going to wear flat shoes like that would be a wonderful pact oh and no more makeup either right. i'd be a very happy person <laughs> but but nobody will agree to that right you touch on something very interesting there's a big difference between being slender and thin because yes. thin is like totally different and being slender is totally different yeah slender is healthy um mm-hmm. I I just I'm not going to name any names, but there are women yeah. who I see on television who I really wonder. I mean, in real life, if you saw a woman like that, you might think that she was ill. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd mm-hmm. say, "Are you okay?" Because I mean, I remember once I got that thin. I'm, it, I lost I don't know 15 or 20 pounds, and mm-hmm. people were asking me if I had cancer. Wow, And it was just a time in my life I was getting a divorce and I wasn't eating and it was very mm-hmm. unhealthy. And I got as thin as those ladies are all the time on television. And yeah. people thought I was very ill. Wow. Can attitude truly change one's life? How you perceive yourself? Yeah. yeah, well, that's the cool thing about this book. And this is why I called it 
chicken soup for the soul, curvy and confident because this book is designed to restore our confidence for men and for women, although most of the stories are written by women and the book focuses more on women, but any man could read it and also feel more confident. And if you carry yourself with confidence, it makes such a difference for how people perceive you. Like one of my favorite stories in the book is by Regina Sunshine Robinson. And um, it's story 20. It's called Bad Mama Jama. And Mm -hmm. she talks about the fact that she was tutoring. She was a tutor at a community college. And one of the students she was tutoring had been a swimsuit model in, you know, her prior life. And then she married a guy. The guy was nice initially, but then became very controlling. And then she had a baby with him. And then she didn't lose the weight from the pregnancy. And he started berating her for not looking the way that she used to look. And she lost all her confidence. She eventually got out of the marriage and then Regina was tutoring her in math, and she said this girl had no self-esteem. She wouldn't even look Regina in the eye. She was just this trembling little mouse compared to who she used to be. And Regina tried to build her confidence up again. And one day, they walked into the tutoring center together, and Regina was a large woman, much larger than this other girl, Darla. And they walked in, and Regina strode in like she owned the place. And every man there turned and looked at her. And Darla said, I don't know how you do that. Like, you're so gorgeous. I wish I could be like you. And Regina said to her, Darla, I'm much bigger than you. I'm more overweight than you. Like, they looked at me that way because I walked in there like I was a bad mama jama, like I owned the place. And it was that confidence that made every man turn and look at me because that's what people want. They want to be with people who are confident and who project joy, you know, and self-esteem because nobody wants to be with a a meek little mouse who's ashamed of herself. And so then she saw Darla again about six months later, and Darla had completely transformed and was carrying herself with confidence and was going to ask this guy out on a date who she liked. and, And, but I... That that message really struck all of us who worked on the book together, me and Emmy and Natasha. And Natasha and I talk about that story a lot because it made a big difference to us that you should walk into a place confident. And if you project confidence in how you look, people will think, wow, she looks great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that because you can say supposedly look like a supermodel, and yet, if you don't carry yourself, then you sort of fade into the background in a way. I mean, you may have all the right, like you say, supermodel look, but then without that sort of glow in your personality, in your confidence, you just blend in. You don't stand out at all. Yeah, the other message we had in the book, and this would apply to men also, mm-hmm. is to dress in bright fun clothing. Mm -hmm. So there was a story that Natasha and I talk about a lot also by Maxine Young. Mm -hmm. And she, and this is a story that I know is one of your favorites. It's um, called (laughs) a flowering. It's on page 79. And Maxine said that she had always been, you know, larger than the other Mm -hmm. girls, even starting in high school. And so she said she was dressing like a middle-aged church lady, whatever that means. And she would just wear, like, big tents of black cloth. And then one day she was bringing her clothes. I guess she was looking for the fitting room at a clothing store. And this young saleswoman there said, are these clothes for you? And Maxine admitted that they were. And then that sales lady took Maxine by the hand and said, you're not trying on these clothes. And she took her back to the racks, and she picked out all these beautiful clothes in bright colors. And these were clothes that would actually fit Maxine's body, you know, that would cling Mm -hmm. to her curves, not cover them up. Mm -hmm. Maxine tried on these clothes and she looked great and she bought all of them and she said she felt so empowered after that and she never went back to wearing 
you know, black tent-like clothes <laughs> again. And we have a number of stories from women who had been intent on buying clothes that covered them up. And then because a husband intervened or a friend or a sales lady, they were forced to buy clothes that fit them and were bright blue and pink and mm-hmm. said hello, hello to the world. And it changed their lives. And they were so excited when they actually got into bright, fun clothing that showed off their curves, not hid them. So true. You mentioned several times about how men, in a way, play an important role in how women feel. And I like to talk about what Amy wrote in her wonderful introduction, because I think that is so important that we need to understand the approach how men take in a woman's life and the way how they look. Yeah, so we had um, we had some men in the book who talked about how art used to look at women and how um, it used to be that artists would paint women who had curves. And, and then one of our writers, a man named John Scanlon, no, was James, no, James Gemmell from Canada. Mm-hmm. He talked about the fact that he's always been a student of art and that he noticed that Artists always portrayed women as larger. And then he says around like maybe the 1920s, 1930s, all of a sudden they started showing skinnier women. And his theory is that it might have had something to do with the wars, all the food rationing, the depression, that a lot of women just became skinnier. And there was the flapper era where women were thin and wearing those those short dresses. And all of a sudden the depiction of women changed. And he was talking about how when he took an art class and he was painting, the best paintings were when they had a larger size woman there as the nude model. Mm-hmm. That that was mm-hmm. where they really got to explore the beauty of the female figure. Um, and so Emmy talks about that, and she talks about, oh my gosh, her stepfather. Mm-hmm. <sighs> He used to come at her with a marker and actually mark where he thought she had too much fat, where she should lose weight. And Emmy was a total jock. She went to Syracuse for rowing, and so she rowed crew. And, I mean, you're, you, you're really fit when you're rowing crew. So she right. had the most fit body you could possibly have. And she said she views herself like an Amazonian, you know, who is mm-hmm. just large and strong. And um, But her stepfather used to go after her and her younger sister, Melanie, who has a story mm-hmm. in the book also, and attack them for what he perceived to be excess poundage when these were both just athletic, healthy women who were not issued skinny bodies at birth. They were meant to have larger, stronger athletic bodies. Right, right. So true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, and I'm Johnny Tan, your host. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're discussing Chicken Soup for the Soul's latest release, Curvy and Confident, a book co-authored with supermodel Amy and Natasha Swinoff. One of the things that it reminds me of when Amy shared her story, again, this is what men perceive how a woman should look like. For better or worse, that's okay, but then you should not impose that on that person. Of course, in this particular case, it's a little bit different because then you have a father figure that sort of projects his image of what a woman needs to look like. But having said that, the good news, I think, the new generation now are not into that as much as I guess this is might be a generational issue, don't you think? You're right, yeah, because I think that uh, everybody is way more conscious of it now, and mm-hmm. women who are mothers are way more conscious of providing the right messaging to their sons and daughters. Yeah. And we all know now about anorexia and bulimia and how 
children can die from eating disorders. There's so much more awareness now, and there's a much more constructive conversation going on now about body image. I know when I was raising my children, I was so careful mm-hmm. not to say anything that could ever be interpreted as a negative about their bodies. Mm-hmm. And we have a bunch of stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Kirby and Confident, where we help mothers figure out what is the appropriate messaging. You know, we have mothers who right. write right. that they caught themselves providing the wrong messaging. You know, like a mother maybe right. after Christmas dinner saying, oh, my God, I'm such a cow. I can't believe I <laughs> ate all that. I'm going to have to, like, eat nothing for the first week of January. And now the mothers are saying, whoops, wait, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to say that at all. And so I think that this new generation is definitely mm-hmm. receiving much better messaging. And then there's there are more actors and actresses who – are not skinny. For example, right. there's that new that new show, This Is Us. I don't know if you've watched it. I think it's on NBC. It's a wonderful one-hour drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many new things to watch that I, I think in the old days everybody would have been watching this show, <laughs> but now, now people aren't because there's so many things on. But it's a wonderful yeah. show, and one of the key characters is played by an actress named Chrissy Metz, and she's quite a large woman. And she's gorgeous. She is mm-hmm. she is so beautiful, and everybody's fallen in love with this woman. And so that's a great message for all of us to see this beautiful woman who's in a romance, um, and she and her boyfriend are both larger people, and yet we see them mm-hmm. having this wonderful romance and how attractive they both are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You brought up a very interesting thing just now where in terms of in the course of trying to do things right, you may not do the right thing. And I'm not sure whether in Amy's situation that's the case, but usually a lot of times when we talk about generations, so to speak, in all actuality, the father may try to help the daughters to say, hey, honey, you know, you need to understand society out there. Look at us differently. Unfortunately, we're all judged by how we look. And that rolls back into the situation. I'm not trying to defend any guys who say things like that, but I'm just saying that on the other hand, I'm so glad that you have stories on how parents can approach their child in a very nice, wonderful, confident way in telling them, like, you got to be healthy. I guess you could argue that, but nobody did in our book. I mean, I think that, I think it's, it it would just backfire. I think that the fact <laughs> is you have to just go overboard with right. projecting confidence and acceptance to kids who are growing up because it's so easy for kids to have negative self-esteem. I actually I found I was going through some old papers from high school mm-hmm. and I found a piece of paper on which I had written apple and then the number 60. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it, and I was thinking, why did I write that? Like, there was no Apple stock then mm-hmm. that was selling at $60 a share. Like, why did I write Apple 60? And then I realized I was counting calories in high school, and I weighed like 98 pounds in high school. And I was like 5'2 or 5'3 and 98 pounds. I mean, I was so skinny. I was ridiculously yeah. skinny because I was yeah. a, like a little teenage girl, and I was yeah. counting calories, which is insane. Wow. And so – it just shows how how stupid kids can be about their yeah, body yeah, image. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, that brings us to the stories in the book. You have some wonderful stories. I thought that they are great motivations. One of my favorites is from the first chapter, Look at Me Now. And the story is Me, All of Me by Sherry Shepard, who happens to be a celebrity. Yeah, Sherry um, is a very well-known actress and um, talk show host. She was a co-host of The View. And when she was starting out, um, she was told that she would never get anywhere in the acting world. You know, she had a manager who said that she would never get anywhere. And she just persevered. 
And she just said to herself, you know, I can do this. I'm funny. I'm pretty. You know, I can achieve. And she just persevered despite the naysayers. But, you know, most people wouldn't. Um, And she ended up becoming a host on The View. She was the first African-American to play the evil stepmother in Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella on Broadway. And um, she had her own show on Lifetime called Sherry. She's um, She has a new NBC comedy called Trial and Error. And so she's been very successful. And it was because she didn't listen to the naysayers. But you know, she's a very unusual person because so many young mm-hmm. women would have listened to the naysayers and would have just slunk away and not ever tried. So kudos to Sherry Shepard because she actually <laughs> overcame that negativity. Let us talk about the second story that I like in chapter one. And I chose this because it's about dancing. And the title of the story is Dancing Away My Insecurities by Jennifer Sommerfeld. Yeah, so Jennifer was watching her daughter's dance class and there there were other moms there, and they were all watching their daughters in their class, but then the other moms were getting ready to go on to their own adult dance class right after. And so they said to her, are you going to join us? And she said, no, but she really wanted to inside. And she had been watching these moms from the sidelines for years, and she saw them dancing and laughing together and getting exercise, and it looked like fun, but she thought, she shouldn't do it because she didn't have the right kind of body. She would be the biggest woman in the room. And the room, the walls were covered with mirrors because you know how they do that in a dance studio. (laughs) And so she was ashamed. And she just didn't think that she, because she was a larger woman, was entitled to go and have fun with the other mothers. And then finally she said, all right, I'm going to do it because the other mothers kept inviting her. And... It was great, and after a while, she forgot about the mirrors, and she got good at the dance steps, and she started getting more fit, and that's (laughs) one of our messages in the book. Like, do something that you enjoy doing to get fit, you know? Like, embrace the body that you have, but get fit within that body. Move that body, whether it's kickboxing or hiking in the woods or mall walking or, in Jennifer's case, taking a dance class with the other moms, but... Move your body in some way, because if you move your body, you reintegrate with your body. You don't look at it anymore and say, like, I'm up here in my head, and then from the neck down, I'm attached to this body. You Mm -hmm. become one with your body. You know, your brain is as much a part of you as your little toe is a part of you. So she reintegrated with her body, and she loved it, and she even danced in the recital that they had. I love the story because it reminds me of a few of my students that I have at the dance studio. You'd be surprised on how dancing really invokes the personal best in someone. And this story truly connects to me from that standpoint of view because when you go out there and start doing what you like best, and that's when you overcome your insecurities by yourself. Yeah, I think it's, I think we have so many stories about women who weren't mm-hmm. participating because of their bodies. Right. And they weren't out there having fun and enjoying life and and being with other people because they were letting their bodies keep them from participating. <laughs> so I thought that was a great message to women. I'm sure that there will be thousands of women who will read that story and say, you know what, I'm going to go do that thing that I've been not doing, even though I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. How can Curvy and Confident help readers in planning for the new year? I think that it, this is a great time to read this kind of book because right now is when we're going to start being bombarded by all of those ads that tell us that we're not okay. These are mm-hmm. going to be the ads for um, fitness classes, you know, for joining gyms, for going on different prescribed diets. Um, I mean, the only ads I think are legitimate are the ones for quitting smoking, like that's a good one. But <laughs> you don't. the other ads we're going to see are going to be all about telling us that we're not enough. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to go join a gym if that's 
not the way you like to move your body, then just do something else to move your body. You might like to just dance in place at home while watching the news. Like whatever it is, just do something. But you don't have to go join a specific gym. You don't have to do a specific exercise regime because some person on TV does that exercise regime. And the diet stuff, it's basically telling you, like, you're not able to control yourself, so you have to go and do this thing. And mm-hmm. and they're all, all of the messaging that you see in January, which is what's called New Year, New You, it's mm-hmm. all pretty negative because it's telling you there's something wrong with you, and now it's January, and it's your opportunity to fix that. And our book is saying, no, be confident. Here's our New Year, New Recommendation be confident in the body that you have, and maybe your resolution should be to go out and buy something that's bright red, you know, and, mm-hmm. and wear something that, that is fun and different and walk into a room with confidence. And, yes, we're not saying get on the pre-diabetes track and be overweight. We're saying be fit within the body type that comes naturally to you. So true. That brings me to the story about Natasha Soinoff, and she obviously went through some extreme experience in her life. Can you share that with us, please? Yeah, so Natasha was a reporter for People magazine, and she was um, she was the reporter who followed the Trump family and you know wrote all the articles for people about the Trump family, and then she was down at Mar-a-Lago visiting the family and writing an article about um, Donald and Melania's first anniversary. And she was one of the women who had an inappropriate experience with him. And so that was widely reported in people. Um, But what we're talking about in our book is just what happened more recently because she told a bunch of people about this when it happened, but she really didn't want to talk about it. And why should she? Like, some powerful businessman had been inappropriate. It wasn't like, why would she tell anybody publicly? Mm-hmm. There, there was no need to. Um, but then in the fall, when he was running for president, she felt that she should tell her story because now it really mattered because he wasn't just a powerful right. businessman. And so she had to come to grips with her fear. And it was really scary for her. Um, she had told me about it a long time before, and you know, a, lo- a lot of us had said to her, "You really should come forward with this story." But we knew that she would be taking a huge risk, and then she did it anyway. And one of the things that really bothered her was that she knew that she would be attacked for her appearance; that that's just what would happen, and that you know, it there would be negative things said about her appearance. She's a beautiful woman. You can look at the People magazine article and you can see her. Um, But anyway, she was attacked for her appearance and it was really a traumatic experience for her this fall. And she wrote about it for our book, about how hard it is to put yourself out there when you think that people are going to attack you for your, your weight and your appearance and so that's the story that we close the book with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought the story has to be told in the sense that this real life, real situation, and if nothing else, the good news is that my understanding at the very least is that I'm hoping that this is a generational issue, that today's men don't think that way, don't act that way. And that's what progress is all about. You're probably right. I I think that you're right, that this is way less likely to happen with the new generation of leaders. I think that that's probably the case. Everybody is way more sensitized now. Um, Things are definitely better now than they were a generation ago in terms of how women are looked at and treated. Mm -hmm. So true. One of the stories that I really like that really talks about being inward in understanding yourself is through the chapter Nourishing Your Body. And the story is A Blessing, Not a Curse by Courtney Lynn. Oh, okay. Let me find that story now. What number was that one? I believe that story appeared on page 116. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Because we had a few who talked mm-hmm. about that because we tried to have a bunch of stories on this topic um, because we think it is such a healthy message that um, sometimes your your body actually helps you. This woman who did have some extra pounds on her, um, she was being treated for cancer, and when she went through chemo, she she was she was told by the medical professionals that she was withstanding it a lot better because she did come into the process with some extra weight on her that helped her through the chemo. And so she talked about how it turned out to be a blessing, <laughs> not a curse. I don't think that anybody should say, oh, I'm going to put on weight in case I ever have to go through chemo. Right, right, right. But in her case, um, it made her feel like her body helped protect her through that painful process. And so mm-hmm. she came to accept her body type as a result. And she doesn't weigh herself anymore. And she said the only number that she needs to see is the one on the calendar that lets <laughs> her know that she's alive to experience another day. Yeah. The reason I chose that story because I've heard that over and over again in terms of you mentioned something very interesting just now, the someone who is extremely thin. There's a difference in being thin and slender right here. And it is true, someone who has a little bit more body fat can really go through the chemotherapy with a little bit more resiliency in some ways. And I've heard this from the medical field as well as individuals that have gone through it. Um, I'm sure that's true. I have a friend who's going through it right now, and he was told to put on as much weight as he could before he started the process. That's true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, and I'm Johnny Tan, your host. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're discussing Chicken Soup for the Soul's latest release, Curvy and Confident, a book co-authored with supermodel Amy and Natasha Swinoff. The next chapter, which is very interesting, I love this, Living Life with Gusto. And the story that I like is Cake One, Two, Three by Candice Cartin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's really she's this is a funny woman because she's um <laughs> an actress who does a lot of comedy and she was in this she was she was in this um performance where she had to dance and she was not sure if she could handle it because she was a larger woman. Um but she did it and she says she's always been a fat and funny character actress but a reluctant dancer. And she ended up um, not only excelling at the dancing, but actually, you know, being one of the star dancers. And so she was very surprised when she, you know, was chosen for a dance number and she ends up acing it and, you know, being featured in the show. Because again, you know, dancing, if you think about it, well, I know you, you are a professional dancer, but so much of dancing is confidence. Like if you carry right. yourself with confidence when you dance, you just look better. You right. You look right. like you're a better dancer. And um, I think the same confidence that helped her to be a comedic actress kicked in for her and got her through the <laughs> dancing. I chose this story. I thought it was a great motivational story for people that need to have humor in their lives, regardless of how you look, in the end, humor helps us to move forward and understand that we can have fun wherever we are. And we have to live life with gusto. I love the entire chapter, to be honest with you. I thought it was really very exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's like a sub-theme of our (laughs) curvy and confident book, Live Life with Gusto. It changes everything. Even if you're just faking it, like just, you know, anyone who's listening, just mm-hmm. walk into rooms for the rest of today with confidence. Walk in like you own the place. People will respond to you differently, and they'll respond to you a beautiful or mm-hmm. handsome, if you're a man, person. And it's just because you're portraying, you're projecting that confidence when you walk in. Just, just force it. Just do it. 
And the interesting thing is if you just pretend and you walk in every place with confidence because you will get such a good reaction, eventually you will be walking into every place with confidence. So true. The next chapter, warning, dangerous curve. And I love the very first story because this is something that I would think almost a lot of people are going to be thinking about this coming this spring when you have lots of wedding going on and so forth. And the story is The Green Dress by Carla Brown. I have a daughter getting married this spring. Uh oh. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I like the story. Um, her daughter called her and said everybody was going to wear green. And she said, no, I was going to wear my black dress. And her daughter said, no, I want you to look pretty, wear green. But this woman uh, felt that she weighed 30 pounds more than she should. And I'm sure that wasn't true. You know, like Mm -hmm. she was probably weighing 30 pounds more than if she was some skinny, starving, practically anorexic person. You know, so maybe (laughs) she weighed 15 pounds more than her than if she were incredibly fit, you know. And um, and so her husband forced her to go and get this green dress. And when she walked out of the dressing room, her husband's jaw dropped and the sales lady clapped because she looked so good. And Carla yeah. looked in the mirror and she was stunned. She said, like, who was that woman in the mirror? She hadn't worn a clingy dress like that in such a long time. And so she wore it. In fact, the sales lady made her go back in and try it on in a smaller size so that it would fit her even more closely. And she wore that smaller size, beautiful green dress to her daughter's wedding. And she looked fabulous. And everybody approached her and told her how great she looked. And that's one of those things where you don't stand too close to the bride, okay? You might take away the limelight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> the next chapter is very interesting because I thought, yes, it's normal. We talk about exercise and so forth. But this particular situation is that when you have someone that really understands it doesn't matter, I'm following my passion and this is what I like, and the story that I like best in that particular section is A Woman My Size by Darby Andrews. Yeah, this was so cool. This woman who was a larger woman and wasn't really so big on exercising decided to take a Zumba class. And I don't know if you've ever taken Zumba, but it is very aerobic. You know, you're just Mm -hmm. jumping around and dancing and having fun for an hour, and it's hard. Uh, it's fun, but it's hard. And so, you know, the the um, instructor was this very lean woman at the front of the room, and then there was there was Darby thinking, "Oh my God, I'm so huge compared to everybody else, and I have no idea what I'm doing." But she she just kept going back, and she found that she loved Zumba because mm-hmm. she was moving her body. And this is one of the points that supermodel Emmy makes, is that you have to reintegrate with your body. Mm-hmm. By moving your body and enjoying the fact that you have arms and legs that move and you can do all of these things, you take back ownership of your body. You don't view it as this alien thing you're attached to. You view it as part of you. You are your body. And so by moving her body, Darby started to like her body more. And she was still overweight, but she wasn't self-conscious anymore. And it turns out that she loved Zumba so much and she became so good at it that she became a Zumba instructor, which is wonderful because then women see her at the front of the room doing a great job, doing all the Zumba moves, and then and inspires more women who are self-conscious about their bodies to participate. And Darby says, look, I'm not a size 2. I'm a size 14. Um, But I'm up there, and I dance, and we all dance, all sizes, all shapes, all ages. And um, I thought that was a great message for everybody, to get out there and try it. I love the story because that comes back again to exactly what you were talking about. Hey, if a size 12, size 14 can make it, as a size two or three, you better be able to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of women who are skinny aren't exercising enough either. And Precisely. so that's a message to everybody. Move your body. 
It's right. so important. Just It makes you feel good when you move your body, but you really get mm-hmm. to pick whatever kind of exercise you want. I hate it when somebody <laughs> says, oh, you have to go do Zumba because I do Zumba. Well, maybe yeah. you hate Zumba. Maybe you really <laughs> want to walk the mall and work up a sweat and be panting a little yeah. walking the mall. You can do that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So true. This leads me to the next chapter, which is very interesting again. It's a form of motivation. And really, this speaks about the quality of a human being. My Miraculous Body, A Fish Out of Water by Catherine Leland. Yeah, so she had a problem that a lot of people do, which is wearing a bathing suit, you know. But she loved swimming. She loved swimming so much. And so... She swam, even though some people looked at her and thought, oh, she's fat. But Catherine said to herself, nope, I am a jock, and I love to swim, and I'm going to swim. And so um, she kept on swimming all through high school, you know, all those years when girls become self-conscious about it. And then she taught swimming when she got out of college. And one of the nine-year-old girls in her class turned to her one day and said, I want to have a body just like yours when I grow up. And that was so gratifying for her. The girl said, I want my thighs to have big muscles like yours someday. Mm -hmm. And so she felt so good that that girl saw her as a beautiful, strong woman with a strong body that could do all of this swimming. And Mm -hmm. another thing I love about this story is that um, Emmy is known for being a swimmer. Emmy loves the water. I mean, she rode crew. She loves to swim. Wherever she goes, she swims. And that's one of the messages in our book, because women are so self-conscious about being in their bathing suits. You are depriving yourself of so much when you don't put on that bathing suit and get out there and participate in all of those water sports, including swimming, because it feels great to swim. You know, it's buoyant, it's relaxing, the water against your body is so soothing. You feel so good when you get out of a pool or out of a lake when you're swimming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And what happens here is that she's so confident enough because her passion, what she does best, became the driving force in other younger girls to look at as being a complete role model for them. And that's what matters. Right, which was wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is great to have um, this woman who was a larger woman but was really fit and athletic, a real jock. That's a great role model for a young girl, especially if it's a young girl who has that kind of body type, a more athletic, muscular kind of body. So true. The next chapter that I like very much is Breaking Out of My Comfort Zone. And the story that I chose, I thought this is really cute, is Picture Perfect by Robin R. And that's story number 87 in the book. So Robin, um, she did something that um, not everybody would do, but her (laughs) husband kept snapping candid shots of her in her underwear And she didn't really like it. Um, And then she decided she was going to take control of the situation and actually have shots taken of her by a professional photographer. And it's called a boudoir photographer, Mm -hmm. where women are in their underwear and they make photos for their boyfriends or husbands or girlfriends or whatever. And so she found this photographer and she went and she actually did this photo session, and she said, I had booked the boudoir photo session to create a gift for my husband. What I didn't expect was a gift for myself. I spent a day feeling entirely vulnerable as I faced all of my securities about my body head on. And then she goes on to say, as I looked through the photographs that resulted from that session, I saw my body in a way I had never seen it before. Um, and she goes on to talk about, you know, how instead of seeing a large butt, she saw a sexy body, and mm-hmm. she just saw how the photographer photographed her body with love and respect, and she learned to look at herself with a lot more confidence. 
So I thought that was really interesting. I mean, it's not something that I personally would do, but <laughs> I think for a lot of women it would be a fun thing to do. And the message that, that she told all of us I thought was great, that through the eyes of the photographer she saw how beautiful she was. The whole thing about the female figure in art, right? Like when the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when the famous painters used to paint women in all their glorious curves. And so this photographer did the same thing with photography that, you know, Renoir or Rubens did with paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I chose that story because I knew of someone back in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that did that for her husband. And to prove it, she showed me the collection. When I read the story, I thought like, whoa, <laughs> this, this would be a fun one to choose to talk about. Well, it was done in good taste, and you hit it right on the nose because the idea is to actually to do something special for your husband. But then in the end, it did something to you, inside of you, and making you understand that, hey, I am beautiful. That's right. Um yeah, I mean it's it it is a, it's a very good message. Um so many of the stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul Curvy and Confident are about women having epiphanies like Robin R and finding their self-esteem, finding their body image, confidence. And so mm-hmm. you've got 101 stories there that can reach you and give you that confidence and maybe 10 will really resonate with you but boy if you come away from reading this with that confidence and that ability to walk into a room with confidence and to go to a store and buy a bright colored outfit that really shows you off then you will be a much happier person well the last story that i love which is actually a poem the title is tall boots by jimmy Ware. Can you share some thoughts about that, or would you like to read the story? The poem well, I'll read us. you some pieces from it because it's a yes. it's a long poem, mm-hmm. um, but it's the it's the perfect chicken soup for the soul poem because we like poems that aren't like Hallmark cards. We like poems that <laughs> don't necessarily rhyme, but more tell a story. I guess mm-hmm. they're called prose poems. And yeah. so she starts off saying, "I may not be the image in most magazines." Yet and still, I am queen. Never needed designer jeans. I stand tall with self-esteem. I won't let society bring me down. I won't shed tears or be your clown. I am she with radio voice, because she does a radio show. The Mm -hmm. local viewer's choice. And so she says, look, these curves wrecked nerves. And she says, my style, my smile, my lips, and these hips, I am fully equipped like a limousine filled with high-octane gasoline. As I stated, I am queen. And so she just goes on in this poem to talk about how she views herself. And this is how you get, this is how you get ahead. Like she says, when it comes to confidence, I wrote the book with my own chapter. It's entitled... Love and laughter, that's what I'm after. My boots are tall. My dreams are bigger. When I step to the mic, I truly deliver. Never apologize for your size. Disregard those staring eyes. And then she repeats that message that we had from Mm -hmm. Regina that we talked about half an hour ago. She says, Mm -hmm. hold your head high when you enter a room. Be proud, with or without a groom. And so I just thought that there was great messaging in this story as well, in this poem as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. all about owning it. It really is. Right. It's about owning it. Own, own what you are. Right. So true. It's only fitting for it to be towards the end of the book. It was just wonderful. What are some of your favorite stories? Well, there was one that I actually am going to be talking about on my podcast. Um, I think it's going to be my January 2nd podcast, the first one of the new year. And it's by my childhood friend, Priscilla Dan Courtney. And she and I, I think she's my oldest, you know, longest, longest mm-hmm. friend, um, because we met when we were toddlers. 
And Priscilla is this tiny little thing. I mean, she's like, I don't know, five one. She was mm-hmm. just and always incredibly athletic. Um, and she had an eating disorder in high school, which is just so crazy, but she did. And so she overcame that as a young woman, and she talks in the story about how she was letting a scale, a stupid hunk of metal, mm-hmm. rule her life and tell her what she should think of herself each day. If she stepped on the scale and she had gained weight, then she was not happy with herself. If she stepped on the scale and she had lost weight, then she was proud. And so this scale was telling her what to think of herself each day. And so she finally got up her courage in her 20s, and she threw the scale in a dumpster behind a Safeway grocery store. And she's never had a scale in her house since. She raised three kids without a scale. When she goes to the doctor for her physical, she tells them not to tell her how much she weighs. So that could be somebody's New Year's resolution. Throw away the scale. I agree with that. (laughs) It's a wonderful story in the sense that that's just numbers. It's how you feel about yourself that makes a difference. And we cannot allow things around us or, in this case, people around us determine how we feel on the inside. And I think when I read most of the stories in the book, I felt that overwhelming energy that I'm getting and I'm trying to put myself in each individual's shoes and I find that, wow, no one can affect these individuals because they have empowered themselves with their own thoughts and say, hey, this is who I am. It comes back to the title of the book again. It's about loving yourself and loving your body. Yeah, I I think this book is one of the healthiest things we've ever put out, this Curvy and Confident book. I think that this messaging is so Mm -hmm. empowering for everybody. This is how we should approach 2017, walking into a room with pride. There you go. As we close this last show for the year, and I'm so excited having you being the last guest for the year, what wonderful recipes for living can you share with us this morning? So I think that we have amazing messages for living in this book. So mm-hmm. I would say the first recipe for living is persistence. There's a story in the book about how Emmy persisted um, and persevered at becoming a plus-size model. And we had Sherry Shepard's story about that. So mm-hmm. I would say one of my key ingredients for 2017 would be persistence. And then another would be confidence. Carry yourself with confidence. It's amazing how much that helps. And then another thing is, another key word would be dare. Dare to try new things. Dare to wear bright, Mm -hmm. shapely clothing. Another key word for me for 2017 will be participate, right? Like all the stories Mm -hmm. in this book where people point out how they're not letting their body image make them withdraw from life, from participating in social gatherings, from doing new things. And then finally, stop judging yourself. And that would be consistent with throwing away the scale. I wonder how many people will throw away their scale as a result of hearing this, right? Don't judge yourself and don't let that stupid scale judge you. So persistence, confidence, be daring, participate, and stop judging yourself. I love it, Amy. Thank you again for the wonderful recipes for living to end the year and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks on Tuesday morning, January 10th. My guest will be Dr. Dan Peters. He is a psychologist and co-founder of Parent Footprint. Dr. Dan and I will be discussing about his interactive parenting education community and website that offers Parent Footprint awareness training to make the world a more compassionate and loving place, one parent and one child at a time. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week and a very happy new year to everyone. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. A very happy new year to you, your family, and everyone at Chicken Soup. Thank you so much and have a blessed day. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Go! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. At Nissan, our lineup is taking the galaxy by storm. And right now, you can save big during Nissan's Go Rogue year-end event. Shop your local Nissan store and choose Nissan.com today for great offers. And see Rogue One only in theaters. Take on any galaxy. 